Hey, welcome to the Uncommon Life Podcast, the show where Lewis Rich and myself delve into topics that are helping us build towards being in the best shape and health of our lives. It's fair to say that we're quite far into that journey. That said, we're changing our minds on various topics as we learn more about ourselves, and there's also some things that we each find uniquely challenging. Our hope is that you can relate to some of our journeys and challenges, and that you find it inspiring and useful as you build towards being in the best shape and health of your life. Okay, today's episode. Rich is off on his holidays, so it's just me and Lewis this week. And we decided to use the episode to talk about our recent DEXA scans. So what is a DEXA scan? Well, it's a body composition test and it's generally regarded as the best way to measure body fat and your overall body composition. So that's an accurate and precise measurement of body fat, lean mass and bone. Both Lewis and I learned some new things about ourselves from our DEXA scans. And it also helps us have some ideas of adjustments we might make over the coming months. So we're excited to share those with you. All right, let's jump in. Alrighty, DEXA scan episode. Um, so we, we, have, we don't have Rich this week. Um, He's uh, he's on holiday enjoying the sun and pina coladas and, and stuff like that and, and hopefully getting fab. <laughs> and, uh, no doubt. What we thought we'd do is we'd take the opportunity because uh, me and Lewis had a DEXA scan uh, done recently. Um, and we had a bit of banter on the on the WhatsApp group as well about kind of just comparing some results. But we thought it would be good just to kind of uh, do an episode on our results and compare. And, and also, I think like we both learned a couple of things and we've both got some thoughts about how that might change some of our behaviors over the next few months and we'll have a chat about that too definitely yeah all right um let me get something loaded up what one do i want to load up first um yeah let's do that one So for anyone listening to this podcast, uh, I think we'll probably recommend that it's one of those that are better viewed via video yeah. because we are going to be sharing our, our own DEXA scans with all the results. We'll be talking through the different metrics and hopefully being able to just try and simplify the huge amount of data points that there are in there so that if anyone is keen to do their own DEXA scan, they can use this as a bit of a guide as to what to look for. Or what might help so definitely recommend it on video yeah exactly and we'll do, we'll do our best to <coughs> compensate and tell people the numbers and stuff like that as well so that if you are listening then um hopefully should just just about be okay but i think yeah. like probably the first thing and actually like, i reckon one of the reasons most people get a dexa scan is to find out their body fat percentage right there's a whole bunch of other kind of cool things but like let's face it the, the most sexiest and most talked about kind of metric is body fat right yeah, this is where you goddamn rule. If you look at these uh, two charts, you can see that you came in sub ten percent, which is insane, by the way. Like, um, I, I don't know how many Thanks, how many people sit and can just live. Like, I'm looking actually. I've got a uh, a helpful graph here that says <clears throat> in terms of body fat. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, that puts you. How old are you? Forty one. Yeah, forty one. So look. You're in you're in the top ten percent for body fat if you're thirteen point three in terms of uh, the age group forty to forty nine. So 
you are just like you know probably top three to five percent pretty easy Mate, I'd, like I'd, I'd, quarter i'd correct you slightly on there if we're looking at the that? same one yeah it's actually top one percentile yeah so top one yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, like, percent. so yeah yeah. Oh yes, yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah, because top ten percent. Yeah, sorry, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, god damn it, so, top one percent. That's in, that's just incredible. Thank you, mate. It's a uh, a fair bit. Everyone has kind of heard the uh, focus and consistency on training and diet, and I think it just kind of comes through if you're pretty consistent. So that's that's pretty much it. So what I would say, I think it'd be useful to kick off why we did this before we kind yeah, of like dive point. into the figures. So yep. I think the reason, so we spoke about it in a podcast a little while ago. Um, and I was about to, it was, so in October, so last month it was my birthday. So I turned 41. And before that, so you and I both listened to Dr. Peter Atia quite a bit, his podcast, um, The Drive, which is awesome. And he's mentioned the importance of complete indexer scans for his patients. And I think both you and I heard that and we were like, that's super interesting. We, I hadn't thought of doing a DEXA scan for of anything other than just looking at your total body fat percentage. Yeah. But when he spoke about it, he mentioned the other really important metrics, actually the more important metrics that you can actually look at, which are also so visceral fat, which is something that you wouldn't be able to find out elsewhere. And that tells you the amount of fat that you have around your organs. And if that is high, it's a really high, it's, it's a really good indicator for um, like cardiovascular disease, type two diabetes, a number of other like horrible things. And I mean, if you want to expand on like the visceral fat piece as well, um, we kind of say that there was visceral fat and then there was lean body mass. So how much muscle tissue your body actually holds and the final one was bone mineral density. And he's always talking about longevity, right? So how can we live our healthiest, longest lives? You and I are both 100% committed into that. And we've spoken about it before, what our goals are. And just something that I would love to do in like 15 years time is be able to possibly play, you know, a competitive sport with my three kids. So I want to yeah. stay as fit and healthy as I can to be able to keep up with them in 15 years, 20 years time to be actually be able to compete and like do a, do a decent job with them. So him mentioning the, those really key metrics that you could get from a DEXA scan really made me think that's such a good idea. I haven't thought of that. And then I thought it was just a, he mentions that he gets it, his clients to do it on a regular basis. And I was like, I'm just going to do this before my birthday every year. Yeah. And last month went and got my DEXA scan and I think you did yours recently as well. I think very similarly because you've just had your birthday, right? Yep. But well, no, no, it's coming up. Oh, it's coming up. So week time. Yeah. And and that was the reason why we've done it. So it's a why did we want to do it? We want to make sure that we're on track for the future. And if there are any indicators or anything that's showing up that doesn't seem quite right, taking certain precautions to be able to kind of put it in the right direction. So that's that's just a bit more background as to why we did it. Yeah, that's the by the way, exactly the same for me. I'll, I'll link to a couple of um, really great blog posts by um, Bodyscan UK, which is the company that I um, got a DEXA scan from because they really break down those key metrics um, and point towards where Peter Atia talks about them. But when mm. I was, I've always known DEXA scan is probably the most reliable way of being able to get a body fat um, 
like reading, but only kind of from listening to Peter Atia talk more did I really realize that like, you know, the, the visceral fat, uh, the bone density, the lean muscle, like th these are super important metrics for longevity. Like when you're older, like everybody knows that the more lean muscle you have and the higher bone density muscle you have, the much less likely you, you are to fall. And if you are to fall, the much less likely you are to have damage, right? Um, and the visceral fat is, or visceral fat is, uh, is super important for, you know, disease and, and things like that as well. So as I got more into it, I'm like, this is a fantastic, like health and longevity marker to take x period of time yeah and like yeah. like for you for me i think i'm just going to do it around my birthday every single year just to kind of capture where i'm at and yeah so that's that's why we've done it i think it's also probably important to know you and i were not medical professionals <laughs> like we don't know this stuff inside out we're not doctors yeah. we're just trying to you know be the best versions of, us, of ourselves and we're just trying to figure this stuff out which can be really quite complicated as well and simplify it to ourselves and think how can we use this what can we do and on the back of this i think once we go through the the data that we've had and some of the metrics there's something that was really useful for me which i was absolutely unaware of which we'll kind of get to and i've been able to make some differences myself um so there's always something that we can pick up from it yeah cool but so you um, you were just telling me how awesome i am because of my body fat yeah, you are. Be and, you get back <laughs> and again like you, yeah. you very very rightly corrected me i'm just looking at my sheet now because i didn't realize that the far left column is the one percent it goes one percent and then 10 20 30 40 and if you're sub 12.4 no 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 sorry if you're sub 13.3 you're in the one percent which again 9.8 percent is insanely lean um did you think did, was that roughly where you expected to be? No, I actually thought it'd be a bit higher than that. If I'm if I'm honest, I thought it was about eleven or twelve percent. Um, right. So I was surprised that it came in under ten percent, but I'll take it. It's a it's quite a nice thing to be under ten percent. But it, again, it's like <laughs> it just sounds cool. It doesn't really mean anything because if no, the other metrics aren't any good, then it's kind of like what does it matter? It's more of a a vanity piece. But I think it is important if we think of the overall body fat percentage. I mean, where, where did you come in at? What was yours? So I, I came in at 15.4, which yeah. for my age puts me, it, it definitely puts me in the 10, the top 10%. Because if you're yeah. sub 17, you're in top 10%. But it it didn't get me into the top 1%, which again, I, I wasn't expecting. Um, I thought that I would be around 15%. Um, I've never measured my body fat ever before other than those crappy kind of like electric kind of machines you get sometimes when you do a test, which is just horribly inaccurate. So I've never kind of really taken stock of those, but yeah, I expect it to be about 15%. So 15.4, I was happy with. And, uh, um, in, in the, like, it's, I think sometimes like I used to think 15% is not very lean. Um, but actually if you look into it and you look at pictures of people at say five, 10, 15, 20, 25, you realize that 15% is basically you can usually see four apps. You know, they're not like crystally clear, like defined or anything like that. But look, you look so you look lean and you can usually see four apps with a tense. And again, that's what I've always gauged as what I wanted to be. Um, and I always thought that equated to about 15%. So I didn't really learn anything new from that. And like you said, I'm, I don't, it's probably the least important of all of the metrics from the yeah. DEXA scan that I got, but it was nice to see it at 15%. Um, I just want to maintain that. And I thought that you so, would be 10. I thought you would be about 10. Okay. Interesting. I think, we're, I think something else to probably note on it, though, is to have a body fat percentage overall that's relatively low, 
does take hard work and discipline. Like we talk about this and it's, it's very much part of our, it doesn't just happen. So to have a body fat percentage of probably under 17% well, takes hard work, to be honest. You, yep. you want to be fairly disciplined to be able to do that. So there's got to be a real conscious effort for it. So kind of does, doesn't just happen. Yeah. Um, did What was probably more interesting is, did you um, get any insights in terms of where your body tends to store fat? Because um, the guy was who I went to see at Body Scan UK, like a bit of a shout out, he was really good. Like he was super jacked. He was well into what he was doing and he knew everything and he explained everything in such a perfect way to me. But the one thing he talked about was the fact that men and women store fat differently, right? Men tend to store it around a little bit in the chest, but also, you know, through into the, the abs and the tummy. Women tend to store it around their hips, et cetera. So you tend to get like, usually get a different um, proportion of how fat's laid out between men and women. Um, but interestingly, like I, I was showing like um, that I hold fat around the legs more than perhaps like a, you would find for a male. So I thought that that, that was, I mean, I don't think there's anything that you can really do about where you store fat. Like a, a lot of it is like whether you're a male or a female and some of it has to, down to genetics. But um, I thought it was interesting that he, he mentioned that I kind of stored quite a bit of fat around my legs. Yeah, no, the, he didn't really go into the detail for me because I think, because mine was like, it was like, hold well on, mate, keep it up. Whatever you're doing seems to be working. <laughs> and that's, that's pretty much it. So yeah. although he was, he, again, I would say he was the same if I saw someone at ten percent too. <laughs> he was jacked as well. So maybe if like you do these, but I think if we look at the figures there though, uh, so you've got yours. So is it the percent body fat? Fifteen point six percent left leg. Is that right? Fifteen point two percent percent fat left leg, and then fourteen fifteen. Yeah, mine was all pretty even as well. Mm. It was all mine was all the yeah right leg. My legs were slightly more than, but everything was super close. So I don't, I don't think there was any, yeah, I don't think it was really Yeah, there was nothing I could, anyway. I mean, and again, I don't think there's a lot of actionable insights from, from that sort of data anyway. Um, Just interesting to know yeah. if you want to, yeah. Um, what is actually probably more interesting is the visceral fat. Um, yeah. which again, you know, I, I was really, that was one of the things I was most interested to see. Um, because again, body fat is what you can see on the outside. Visceral fat is tends to what build up like within your organs. Um, and mm. you can get some people that don't look gigantic or massively obese on the outside, but because of their lifestyle, um, can be building up visceral fat on the inside and it can, uh, it could be like, you know, an indicator of uh, problems down the road. So, um, my where was your visceral fat at? so mine is on the right and it's the one i've highlighted so it's 44.9 centimeters squared <clears throat> and mine looks, and mine looks like it was very close to yours so um mine was 45.8 so, so yes yeah, very close. similar super similar yeah. pretty much exactly the same and, and, and he said that i if, if you're sub 47 your your top ten percent for official fat. If you can get into yeah, you have to be sub thirty three to be top one percent. So uh, I w he basically said, look, your your visceral fat is great. Your top ten percent for your age. Um, That's perfect. Yeah, and I, I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, me too. And I think just to kind of share, so what is good or the normal range is under a hundred. Right. And so you so that's what um so under a hundred is normal. Anything between 100 and 150 is slightly higher risk. And then anything over 150 is danger. And this is for 
cardiovascular disease. I think oh, I forget what it was, but I think we'll probably share it in some of the um, the other paper. But it's 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 all the bad stuff basically. So type two diabetes, um, cardiovascular, heart disease, all that kind of bad stuff. So under a hundred is normal. You and I were both forty five. So whatever we're doing diet wise, exercise wise, it's more of a more of the same. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um... The reason I just brought up this one here is he didn't really talk about the 100 number to me, but you can kind of see here that for the ages of 40 to 49, so what you're looking at is in the top half of the screen and then the bottom left of the top half of the screen, the estimated fat, which is the visceral fat. You can see he marked where I was, um, which is um, right on the edge of the 10%, uh, like the better part of the 10%. Um, so second row up from the top page. So under estimated VAT visceral, yeah, you can see that he highlighted, where, he highlighted the 47 because yeah. I was about 45. So you can see there, like, that's uh, oh, that's actually, yeah, so, so it's kind of top 10%. But you can see there, if I was 100, I'd be in the 60 to 70, which, hey, like, is probably normal-ish, right? And again, a lot of it does depend on your age. Um, if, for example, you're 18 to 29, then really 100 is pretty bad because you would be in the, like, the bottom 10% for your age. Um, so this one kind of puts it into a bit more perspective around your age. But... Hey, like to be top 10% for my age, uh, I'm entirely happy about that. And again, he was the same, like keep doing what you're doing. You're obviously training and, and eating right. And the one thing he said as well is that you usually find that visceral fat follows body fat. He's like, mm. you don't see like, you don't see too many people that are very lean and have a high amount of visceral fat, like, because actually just being lean usually follows a healthy lifestyle. Um, so he said, it's not surprising to see that, you know, you're in the top 10% for visceral fat because you're in the top 10% for body fat. Same goes for you as well. You wouldn't expect to have a high amount mm. of visceral fat because your, um, your body, your body fat is, in, is incredibly low. There, there are a lot of, I think, um, genetic differences though that can happen here, or it's like lots of personal differences where people store fat. People's ability to store fat is very different and varies. Yep. So some people will be able to increase their fat stores um in their via fat stores which you can physically see that won't necessarily seep into their organs so mm. some people may just get larger and have higher body fat percentage but where the danger comes is if you can't if your body doesn't physically i guess store that fat as fat cells and actually start storing it within the organs that's when it leads to more danger in the future yeah um so this yeah, fat, I was happy I with, we're it sounds like happy we're, we're it. pretty much in the same place with that top 10% and, yeah. and pretty good following our body fat markers. Um, so the next one was, uh, the next one actually was, let's go bone density. Uh, Cause this wasn't, was an interesting one for you. Let me find the right uh, tab to share yeah. here. So whilst, whilst you're looking for that, so if we talk about bone mineral okay. density, so I think you, you said it at the very beginning, the reason why you'd want that, it tells you how how solid your bones are. And again, if we're looking at longevity, living for a long time, there are lots of stats and figures that show that the leading cause of death for people in their over 60 is falls and breaks. Um, so having stronger bones and bone density means that you're more likely to survive a fall without a break. So it's important to have those stronger bones. Would you 
add anything to that? Yeah, I'm just trying to find a stat from, um, just give me one sec. So if anyone's looking on the um, screen, so you've got Daniels is on the left, mine's on the right. And so, I'll, I mean, so go on. Yeah, so like this, this is really interesting. Um, really, really interesting. Um, let, let me share this one actually. So, because I think it's for me, it's the, the the easiest way I can think about the bone density stuff. Um, so again, here you can see like if you're over the age of sixty-five and you fall and you break your hip, there's a thirty, forty percent chance you'll be dead in twelve months. That's insane. That is insane. Like, I was 65. And, yeah. and I hear that quote from quite a lot of people. And again, the reason for that is, you know, breaking a bone like your hip over the age of 65, it, it just sends you to, down a path of not being mobile and not being active. And it just becomes a spiral. Um, and then all sorts of other things happen when you can't maintain that sort of mobility and that sort of activity and you end up in hospital and you catch things and it could it could just be it's just super 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 risky now you know having high bone density doesn't necessarily mean that you can avoid a fall or breaking your hip um but it does it does reduce the chances of uh of whether you actually break something if you fall you know you're and again like you know i imagine that once you've broken something it probably helps you recover as well but this is the reason that mm. peter tia bangs on about the bone density stuff as well because what it does is it makes you less fragile as you get older yeah which is why it's one of the and, and it's such an yeah something i never would have thought that you, to actually assess and check out and yeah. having done this now this was super insightful for me in particular so I'll just talk about, so I'll, I'll jump in and talk about my results there. Yeah. So this one here. So what helps improve bone mineral density is strength training um, is the number one thing to try and improve the density of your bones, um, which I do a lot of. And I've exercised pretty frequently for the past 20 years, as I mentioned before. So I came into this thinking my bone mineral density is going to be like, optimal it's going to be way, way better than normal or average and my result came back and i was actually really surprised by it so I've, I've kind of written some notes on there so anything above one so one or above is normal um but the higher the better with it and my score came in at 1.065 which is just over the one and i was really quite surprised about that so when i when i had my results and discussed it with my guy he was um he said to me so you do a lot of exercise clearly and i mean we haven't spoken about lean body mass yet so he's like you got a decent bit of muscle on you but for some he said what's your diet like and i eat a lot of meat a lot of meat meat eggs uh fruit veg carnivorous right carnivorous yeah so carnivorous um with the odd like weekend treat here and there um more often than is this like is this like a spoiler alert you're going vegan yeah no uh but something i haven't been having for like the last five years is dairy and what really mm. helps with bones is calcium 
And he, so he said to me, what's your uh, calcium intake like? And I said, I really don't have any, to be honest. I'll have some cheese occasionally, but um, I don't drink milk. I haven't been drinking milk. I haven't been having yogurts. Um, and it was more of a, I guess, a health conscious <clears throat> decision because for some reason I'm not lacto, I'm not even lactose intolerant in any way. But I just ended up going down a rabbit hole of reading a whole bunch of stuff. And it was like, dairy's not good for you. And I was like, okay, I, I, I can do without it. But actually, I think that's the, so dare, so calcium's one and then vitamin D as well. So living here in Australia, which is pretty sunny, I would have thought I'd get a bit of vitamin D, but I'd need to test out my vitamin D levels. But um, I'm, I'm pretty certain it's because of the last five years, I haven't been eating enough dairy. So for me, mm. this was just like so worthwhile doing because it's such a simple change that I can do to potentially improve my longevity and my health in the future, which is just have more dairy. And that's pretty much what I'm going to do. So I've started taking my vitamin D supplements as well, being a bit more conscientious with that. And I'm going to keep everything the same. And when I test it again in 12 months time, I'll be really interested to see whether it's made a difference. So yeah, that was my real interesting one for me. Let me share. Because I thought it would be um, optimal. I thought it'd be really high because of the amount of strength training I do. I was like, that's that's crazy. Just like yeah. normal. I was surprised it was really so. low. And again, like I'm going to go back to the age ones as well because um, yeah, this one's shocking when you look at that. Yeah, yeah, when you look at it, like your bottom one, but don't know what were you one point one percent. Yeah, I'm yeah 1. so you're in the bottom 1%. It's actually yeah. lower now that I look at it based on age and look at it based on this chart. I didn't realize how low it was. So again, on this chart, the top kind of half of this whole kind of uh, thing, you want it to be towards the left side. You want low body fat, you want low visceral fat, you know, and then on the bottom half, you want everything to be to the right-hand side because you want to be top for lean muscle and bone density, etc. You can see mine, I came in at, what was my actual number actually? Uh, my actual 1.3 something. Was... These graphs, man, why can't I? Here we go. Um, yeah, I was 1.324. So, what? So, again, 1.324 puts me about you know top 80%. So, I, I was pretty happy with that, and he, he was pretty happy with it. But yeah, now that I look at yours yeah. for the 40 to 49 you're right to the left. So um, it's going to be interesting. Like that's, that's a great opportunity for you to kind of know that, right? Because if you bring calcium yeah. in, look at your vitamin D, um, it'd be interesting to see whether that starts to shift things to the right for you. Yeah, I, I have no doubt it will. And it mm. then also got me thinking. So this time last year, when I, I think I've kind of mentioned it before, I went for a run and I was running like full pelt on concrete and I fell and I yeah. ended up breaking like a bone in my hand. Right. Maybe I wouldn't have broken yeah. that bone if my bone mineral density was higher and you know that just that slight little crack so it's these little things that just make a difference and the only thing i can think of is i haven't been eating dairy and not getting enough calcium in my diet which i think is just like really insightful so and it's such a simple fix. So I love cottage cheese. I love it. I like. I love dairy. I don't have any issues with it. I just. I just stopped doing it because I thought it was better for my health. And uh, turns out, I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick to the dairy. <laughs> wow. 
full fat um, Greek yogurt. It's my favorite um, kind of a sweet tooth, healthy food, really. So, um, full fat Greek yogurt, some mixed berries, bit of honey, yummo. I love this website. Yeah, that was... This is uh, this, this live <laughs> searches all of Huberman's and other smart people's um, podcasts, and I was just looking to see what you can do to improve bone density. Um, and again, he mostly talks about resistance training, which, which is why I was so surprised for you because you know for the most part people that have low bone density um you would usually find that that the, like for example um the guy that i spoke to he said just before me in they had a runner and he didn't do any resistance training and he was just he was just like a runner and he was relatively lean but he had very low bone density and he one of the you know part of the conversation he had with him was to bring resistance training in but i mean like you know you train resistance training like every day um so i, I was like yeah i was pretty pretty surprised to see that um i'd be interested to see whether the calcium and the vitamin d works it might be worth also just kind of doing a bit more extensive research about things you could do to improve that and see whether there's anything else as well yeah i've had a look like so uh, i was all over it so strength training protein intake needs to be high check check um sleep sufficient sleep calcium um what else was it there was um and then there was like cardio like it helps because that helps your endurance fitness. But it was, I think it's those key things, but like resistance exercise, I do it. Protein intake yeah. is always super high anyway. Um, calcium, pretty much non-existent. Vitamin D, bits and pieces. So uh, yeah, be, I'll be really interested to, uh, we'll do another session in a year's time after I've done it. I might do it. I'm, I'm probably going to get one in like six months, seven months anyway, just kind of see. Yeah. What, I don't know how quickly you can move the dial on it though. I'll be interesting to see but um yeah yeah so worth I don't know, I'm also worth getting a, a, um, a vitamin d test as well just like a a unique vitamin d just like you know just getting your vitamin d tested uh, you should be able to get done by just like a finger prick um mm. and get it really quick so like if that comes in as low that's a good thing not to have low anyway for reasons beyond just uh, bone density mm. so yeah it might, might be worth looking into that too and also vitamin d is one of the cheapest things to supplement with you can literally get like a year supply for like 20 or 30 bucks little drops that you just put in the drink um, yeah yeah so that's that's an easy one all right um <clears throat> next on the list let's look at lmi which i suspect you're going to be able to make a comeback with Where now I'm just trying to look on the comparison things where the LMI one is. So it's the This is the bit I get confused about. It's the first page that we had the fat on lean indices. Right. Okay. right box. Uh, yeah. Lean indices, which is should be this one. So the, this is your LMI, yeah? Yeah, LMI. So your one, so if we look at the, if we're looking at the video, the bottom right box that says lean indices is where it tells us. And there are two different measures that you can look at. Mm. So one is called lean height, and that tells you the total lean mass. So muscular, muscle basically, in your whole mm. body, but that includes organs and everything else. Um, and then the one just below it, which is appen, lean height. So that tells you just your limbs only, so arms and right. legs. And I think when we're looking at lean 
muscle, I think. So Peter Atia kind of mentions looking at the one that's limbs only because that gives a bit more of an accurate reflection on the actual muscle mass and doesn't include mm. organs as much. So okay. that was the one that I was looking at. So it's the one that is highlighted on so the right hand side. 9.48. 9.48, yeah. <clears throat> and I am 8.93. Interestingly, my uh, the guy that talked about my results, and he, again, he said, like, you know, some of the DEXA scans differ in terms of exactly what they spit out. Um, he, he focused more on the upper number for me, like the 18.9 number. I think we can look at which, both. So I think yeah, let's look at the upper number as well, yeah. because that's on the tables on the grass that you've got. Whereas yeah, the let me, let me, let me bring that one, up one as well. isn't, isn't actually on there. So it's got lean trunk, lean arms, lean legs, but it doesn't give you the like the combined one. But the um, LMI on here, yeah. So we've got exactly. LMI second page, yeah, top rows. So is yours the circle? What, what did you? Yeah, so mine, so mine was eighteen point nine one, which. Puts me somewhere about in the middle. Um, yeah, yeah. It, puts, it puts me. It, I literally just creeped into the fiftieth percentile, which, of course, like the absolute best would be towards the right of the page. Um, so, and then you were what number were you? Twenty point one. Twenty point so one. So you were very close to sneaking into the seventy. You, yeah. You'd be twenty point four. You need to get into the the seventy percentile. Right, that that's pretty good, by the way. Like Peter Atia talks about the fact that the gold standard is he wants to see all of his patients in the top twenty five percent for their age, and you're really, really close to that. Like that, like the top twenty percent would be twenty point eight or something. And what were you again? Twenty point one. Yeah, so you're you're really close to being in the top twenty five percent. That's it. That's in, yeah. That that is really really good. Um, which again, I would have expected you to, you know, given your, um, given your height and like what you can see from kind of your physique and that you're very lean, I suspected that you would have like, you, you would score pretty good on lean muscle. Yeah. Which is why pretty I good. think, so when I, when we look at the bone mineral density piece as well, it's like, so I'm doing the weight training I've I've, I've got a decent bit of muscle mass. Um, but actually from the diet and the lack of potentially calcium which i'm really putting it putting on my bones haven't uh aren't optimized at all so I'm, I'm i'm having enough protein to gain lean mass and doing enough exercise for the muscle but not necessarily for the bone so uh yeah i'll be interested to see what happens over the next 12 months but i, was, I mean i was happy-ish with that but i think there's that's a good one for improvement i think that's something you're focusing on as well now though isn't it focusing on more on lean mass as and yeah putting a bit of meat on the bones as opposed to trying to trim down. Yeah, it was the most, it was absolutely the most useful thing out of the DEXA scan for me because I've been through a journey of, of, of cutting and getting lean. I have no idea what my body fat was before. Um, I haven't even sat down to sort of even make a rough estimate of the calculations, but you know, I was definitely 20% plus when I, uh, when I started this journey. Um, and based on where I am now, yeah, I'm around the middle. So I've got some work to do to kind of get up to the top 25%. And that was the most interesting part of the conversation with uh, the guy, actually, because he said, well, like, let's look at things. Let's work out how much lean muscle it would take to get you from where you are, which is 
0.9 or whatever, um, to top 25%, which again, for you know, is going to be more like 20.8. And he did a little calculation. It's like you would need to put on six kilograms of lean muscle to get into the top 25%. Are and you serious? Yeah, so that's just that's really interesting for me to know, yeah. right? Because um, it, it gives me a sense of really like how far I am, like twenty point a ninety. Who knows what to do with that, right? Um, but when someone tells you in cold numbers, you mm. need to put six, and that's not six kilograms of weight. That's lean the muscle, and that was another interesting thing. He was like, you, you do, people don't generally put on lean muscle. You know, when you put on yeah. weight, you put on a mixture of muscle and a mixture of fat. And he was actually saying the gold standard is usually around a one to one. So, you know, for every, so to put, so therefore to put on six kilograms of muscle, I might have to put on 12 kilograms of, of weight, right? And there's plenty Jeez. of other people managed to kind of do some um, body recomp, et cetera. And, you know, they end up putting on like two for one or whatever. Um, you know, but obviously the, the main thing is that you actually put on more lean muscle is, is so, so important for that longevity piece. Mm. So look, my goals right now are, are absolutely lean muscle. I'm eating at my maintenance calories, hoping for some recomp. And at some point I'm going to shift into a very slow and small surplus. And I have a long time horizon just to kind of incrementally add lean muscle at as good a ratio of, of muscle to fat as I possibly can. Um, and, that, and that's why a retest is going to be so important because if I come mm. back next year and I can see that I put on, you know, four kilograms and th three kilograms of it was lean muscle and one kilogram was fat, then, you know, obviously I'm going to be incredibly happy. And by the way, I think that I'm positioned to, to get the gold standard of ratio from muscle to fat because I'm incredibly meticulous about my calories. You know, I, I know my maintenance. I, I'm pretty sure I have like the tools and the knowledge now to change my um my body shape it's just a matter of being consistent with it um mm. so you know again I'm, I'm not guessing about whether i'm being in a surplus or a deficit or anything like that i i know how to get into a 300 calorie def uh sorry surplus and if i do it <clears throat> i see no reason why i can't be build relatively lean muscle and not put on too much fat but um six kilograms lean muscle that's the long-term goal and we'll I guess I'm just going to have a real crack at it next year and go back, get another DEXA scan on my, on my birthday and um, we'll see where things sit. Yeah. That's six kilos. That's a lot. I wonder, I, I'm keen mm. to find out how he's done the maths on that. Cause if I'm looking at mine, if I wanted to up it a bit, so if I, I guess I'm just like, I'd have to gain maybe say another two kilos possibly. And I'll be in the 75th, 80th. No, no, three no, kilos. Near that, I wouldn't have thought you're you're, you're pretty close no. there already. Um, not, yeah, maybe. Couple maybe I'll kilos. sit down and do it. I, I can't remember how he did the maths, but it's pretty simple, right? He just looked at my body fat, lean muscle versus fat, and just worked out what does it take to get that number to twenty point eight or whatever it was. And he was like, if you add six kilograms, if if you were if you were walking in here and the DEXA scan had said six kilograms more lean muscle and no more body fat, you would be showing twenty point eight, and you would be in the top. Uh, 25%. Maybe so that's I, one for I didn't question it or try and understand the uh, the calculation. Um, and actually, it doesn't matter, right? Six kilograms, yeah. five kilograms, four kilograms, it doesn't matter. Next Just time I go and get a DEXA scan, yeah. Yeah, I, want to have, I want my LMI score to be moving to the right. And if it does, I'm in good shape. Yeah. 
So the, over, I think this was super helpful. And actually, there was just one last slide that I wanted to share, which was the, um, I think, the comparison that I had. So I actually did a DEXA six years ago. And this is where oh, I think I the value in this, um, the value in this really is. So I did a DEXA scan six years ago because I, I did a, I did a university study where they were studying the impact of a ketogenic diet on muscle growth and fat loss. So I did a strict ketogenic diet for three months. I had a DEXA scan at the beginning, a DEXA scan at the end, and then I did a three month high carb diet as well. And then they tested me after that. The only DEXA scan result that I've got is actually the, the baseline one, which was before I even started any of it, which I think is probably the best one to have. And wow, I, I checked out some of my figures and it was on there. And for me, it was quite interesting. Because um, was that on your notes thing on, that you sent over? Yeah, it's on my notes. If you could share yeah, that, yeah, let me load that up. And I think um, this is where it's important for everyone because I mean everyone's going to be in a different place. But I think if everyone could just kind of look at those three key measures of the visceral fat, moving that in the right direction to less than a hundred, um, you've got the lean mass index. So moving it towards, I guess, the seventieth percentile. And we've got the numbers there that we've kind of given, heading towards like the twenty-one ish uh, range. And then there was also the bone mineral uh, density as well, like moving that, I guess, in the high, was it 1.2s, 1.3s, or pushing it up that way. So what we've got here is I've got the, so numbers one, two, three, and four. So for anyone that doesn't have video, apologies, because this would be shit, but uh, I'll just try and explain it. So the results are on the top row for what I, so it was Jan 2017 when I was 34, and then this one now which is october 2023 on 40 so six years later and i quite like this so nice to look back at it and I'm, I'm a bit of a geek with this kind of stuff so my body fat percent was 12.1 percent so when i was 34 so i was still pretty lean um but i've lost two and a half percent body fat since then over the last six years um if we look across so visceral fat wasn't measured on it or i couldn't find it we've got the lean mass number so we'll stick to the number that we've looked at which is the 20.1 so six years ago it was 19.4 so i've increased by 0.7 so if i think 19.4 when i was mid 30s that put me in the 55th percentile so that's actually gotten yeah. better over I was about the last to say, six like, years. That doesn't sound like a, a big better. jump, but when you look at it on the sheet, you've jumped potentially like two columns nearly. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, really so good. that is actually pretty – yeah, these because the numbers are tiny, aren't they? The jumps are tiny. Yeah. So that is good to see. And then the bone mineral, interestingly, so it was 1.0, and it's gone up to 1.06. So it was even low then six years ago and that's, that not, that's, on... a, that's only that's only jumping a 10 percent oh in general anyway yeah. so, it's, that's, it's, that's, so that's i think that's probably much, much the same so and i think i'd done like a yeah i don't know what kind of whether i would have been having a huge amount of calcium back then i don't think i would have been so um mm. but yeah i think this is the you the, the power of doing it consistently you can track those key measurements and just see kind of tweak accordingly your training and diet <laughs> and other bits and pieces yeah exactly i the guy that I went to see was trying to persuade me to get it done more regularly than I was thinking. Um, and look, I think it does make sense. I think that like, he wants me in buying what DEXA scans as well. <laughs> um, but it, it, it sort of does make sense because I was just thinking like I'll take one 
in a year's time. But the one thing he said is like, if your goal is to basically eat at maintenance between now and January and aim for some recomp, and then from January onwards, go into a surplus and try and gain lean muscle, he's like, you should probably come in here January, get one done and actually know for real what body recomp happened. Because he said, mm. you will know for real. Um, that said, I'm not really sure that I care that much. Um, I, cause I, I, you know, I'm not really hoping for a whole load of recomp. I see between now and January, just getting into the discipline of being able to eat clean, eat 80% whole foods and just stick to my maintenance weight because I've spent so long trying in a deficit, trying to cut. So I just want a breather from, 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 and I don't want to jump straight to surplus. I want to kind of like tread water for a little bit and just really dial in my discipline. And then it's really like from January that I'll let loose and, and go into a bit of a surplus. So I'm not actually that bothered to know what the recomp happens, but, but with six months of lean muscle, I'm going to run from January through to May at a surplus. And then I'm going to run from May till June or July at maintenance, just to kind of like tighten up a little bit for the summer. And then I think at the end of the, the summer, as I cruise into my 46th birthday, I just want to take a snapshot at that point and just see where, where things sit. I am. Um, there's a fine balance as well, though, isn't there? Yeah. So for me, it's that focusing on trying to really up the calories and gain them like you're going to gain body fat with that and it's a i i feel comfortable being a bit leaner and i i enjoy being a bit leaner so for me it's just that balance of doing it slowly and gradually which yeah i think like shows it can be done from my last x scan yeah. that was done six years ago because if you look at the lean mass index that's jumped up two two like um from 50th percentile to 70th and like that's that's a pretty decent jump and that's just slow steady consistent yeah, training lean, high like, protein and it's so it's i think it's more playing the long game instead of because i wouldn't want to just up the calories and be like i'm just going to try and go crazy for it because i could think that for the bone mineral density and think oh if i really up my calories then surely that'll increase my but it's it's, it's kind of like finding that balance and thinking one game 10 years time these slow steady consistent um focuses will make a difference yeah you should you should let that sink in as well like over the over the period of four years you have you have got a significant amount leaner and you have mm. added lean muscle and you haven't done it through bulking and cutting bulking and cutting you've stayed relatively lean like that is the holy grail like you want to stay lean <laughs> maybe even get leaner and put on muscle like it's, it's an incredibly hard hard thing to do um yeah, I think it's just about that consistency piece, though. So it's like, and I, I, it's a good point, and I, to to talk about because it's a looking at it for the long game of I'm doing this because I enjoy it and I want to see the difference in five years. So it was it was it was six years ago, but it's say if you tell somebody it's going to take you six years and you can reduce your body fat percentage by. 3%, whatever it may be, and increase your, but it's going to require you training five days a week consistently mm -hmm. for six years and being fairly disciplined with your protein intake, say, um, like, will you, will you do it? That's a, it's a big, it's six years of consistency. Yeah. So I think it shows that it can be done. There isn't a quick win for it, or there are, you know, the quick, like the bodybuilding, you know, the bulk, the cut, the bulk, 
I would like hate doing that. Just the physical yeah, and emotional kind of like, it would just be horrendous. So it's that knowing that you can actually do it just by being really consistent. It doesn't have to be all guns blazing. It's a slow, steady, consistent, track it every year, see how you go, make, make sure everything's on track. And doing these things may highlight some real anomalies like the bone mineral for me, which is a lack of calcium. Like they, there could be other bits in there that you actually, your body fat percentage is not that high, but you've got high visceral fat, which means that maybe your body doesn't stop. Like there could be just some real useful insights in there. I, I, I like, this is me just completely making it up. Like you said, at the beginning of <clears throat> this podcast, we're not doctors. We don't know what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, I think there's something to the volume of calories that you're consuming that could be interesting to look at because to hold sub 10% is, is quite an incredible feat. Again, I don't think quite pe people quite realize how hard it is to hold a sub 10% body fat, right? It's, it's uh, again, it's top 1%. Um, and, you know, I've seen your whoop activity as well. You, your <laughs> output, your output is incredibly high. Um, the amount of calories you burn, are pretty high you know mm -hmm. you're very active in terms of your exercise you're very active just three kids running around doing stuff etc and i also know that when me and you were working together and we're coming you were on like 2000 calories or something like that mm -hmm. i i think that you <laughs> that you that your body has adapted to being in a pretty decent deficit or even in the most hopeful scenario maintenance um and i i actually realize you probably haven't appreciated how much that is the case that's just that's just my guess, and the reason I say that is, again, if you if you're under eating, you're much more likely to be, you know, your things like calcium and other things. You, you might you're more likely to be lacking some of those things. So, I wonder whether you might find that the bone density stuff increases if you eat more and allow your body fat to probably get to eleven or twelve percent, which, by the way, is still lean six abs territory um you know yeah. <laughs> you just you just have to lose abs seven and eight um yeah. to go there <laughs> um but but yeah I, I, yeah I think that there is something about that it might be worth exploring like your maintenance in a bit more depth and just going well hold on a minute like you know maybe maybe i'm not burning the candle at both ends but there might be something to that like, very high output and not the potentially yeah and, and your your input being quite low maybe maybe i mean i don't I don't track my calories unless I'm doing a cut. So mm. like, like I did with you, that was the only time that I, I, right. I, I say that I haven't, I, I haven't been tracking them at all. And I, I kind of do it in my mind. I'm like, Oh, where am I at? I reckon I'm It'd be yeah, interesting to see where they're at. Then. Why mostly? don't you track them and not yeah. change anything? Just, uh, because again, I have found the calories you burn on whoop to be very, very accurate to what my maintenance is. And right. like, like ignore the whoop calories. I've, I have known that if I eat 2,400 calories and I do, ex and my, my exercise <clears throat> is as consistent as you get three weight yeah. training sessions, which are typically the same one and a half hours of zone two, 10 K steps a day. At the end. That's what I do every single week, week in, week out without fail, very consistent. And I know that eating 24 calories, 2,400 calories and doing that. Is maintenance because my weight, even though it moves around a kilogram up or down over the last six weeks, it is still where roughly where it, it was six weeks ago. So I'm, I'm very confident that's my maintenance. And it's not a coincidence that Whoop also tells me that on average, I have been burning 
23.50 for the last six weeks too. So I've found Whoop output to, to be very, very consistent with um, what my maintenance is. And I look at your Whoop and you're burning over 3,000 calories every day pretty easily. Yeah, so here's, here's and I thing wonder then. whether if you, if you found that you were eating 23, 2400, that was, that's just something interesting to observe. Yeah, but then my weight would be coming down as well, though. Well, I've, I've gained weight since you and I did our little <clears throat> session before. So and my weight generally always hovers between 67 and 68 kilos. So yeah. well, I, I guess I that's, must that's be, also the, the definition of maintenance as well, right? So. It's, yeah, it's like my weight is pretty much the same. So I, I'm eating it. I, uh, maybe I didn't, maybe I'll track, I, I don't, I'm not sure if it's that. Like, cause otherwise I'd be feeling weak and tired and I wouldn't be able to do my work. Like the food wise, I think I'm getting enough. Um, I just wonder though, whether your body, like over the last 10 or 15 years has had to go, holy fuck, like, <laughs> what am Wait, I being asked to ten, do? Ten what am I being ago, given? Oh, I've, got, I've got to find a way to make this work. Like, no, I, I honestly think there might be something to that, right? <laughs> In which case, like, if you loosen up a little bit, eat a bit more, you might find that your weight does not balloon. Okay, okay so, so think about this. When when I was in a deficit, my body was, like, like not acting well and staying at 75 kilograms. Like, it, I didn't feel great. Like, I looked a yeah. bit fragile. Um, I caught sickness easily. Now I'm eating 500 calories more every single day, and my weight is the same. Yeah, yeah. Now that doesn't really make sense on on the grand scheme of things, but there's something about my metabolism or the way that my body's worked, which, which has gone that feels better to me. And you know what? It's, it's strange I can maintain my body weight at 500 calories more and feel better. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. Weird. There's definitely something in it. I think I might just go have a tub of Ben and Jerry's now. That'll offset. Do that or a Christmas pudding. <laughs> well, I think this was. So I hope if people like anyone listening. I think so. Uh, my mum was asking me about what I'm up to recently, and I told her about the scan. So I'll be like, Mum, go listen to this podcast if you want to exactly. find out more about it. So at least there'll be one listener. But other than that, I think if anyone is keen to get a Dexa, it is. Um, I would highly recommend it, and hopefully this will help. Um, in particular with like the video in the background, just around the key things to look out for. Yeah, cool. And I'll, I'll stick some uh, show notes to um, some of the stuff we talked about as well. It'd be helpful. Nice one. Good Cheers, episode. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back hopefully next week with Rich. Um, our episodes are better without Rich, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he'll like... So this will be the test, right? Does he actually listen to the episode so that he's not 54. in to the end yeah. to hear that? And if he does, then we'll know about it. Let's see. Let's see. All right, cool. Nice one. Good to chat. Thanks, uh, mate. Have a good sleep as usual. Cheers, mate.